0: Good everybody it is your girl damia Shodi, and thank you so much for tuning into the planter podcast if this is your first time listening i appreciate you for tuning in welcome to the planter family you are more than welcome to join if you are a current listener and always listen to the planter podcast what up family you know i appreciate you so much for continuously showing support to the planter so I know you guys are like, yo, why this girl always, like, going and coming back? What's wrong with her? Well, I had to take a break. Uh, I went to Boston. I went to New York. Spent time with family. I saw my friends. Like, we all moved away. Um, we all graduated from college, so we're all going to different places. You know how that goes. So I went to go see them and, you know, just really rejuvenated myself. Got to see life, you know, and just lived. So that was fun. So I was gone for a while um, and also took a break. But now I'm back. So, yeah, I'm here. And I kind of want to update you guys on some things before we start the episode. So first thing is I'm going to be having a photography meetup in the next two weeks, um, July 26th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, I will be in Curtis Hickson Park meeting with different photographers here in the Tampa area. So if you are into photography or you are a professional photographer, so if you have no clue how to operate a camera to you are an expert, come through to the photography meetup. Um, It is for everybody, no matter what level you are. I just really want to meet photographers in Tampa and, you know, just meet more creative people. So um, I will be there. At Curtis Hickson Park, it is $5 to attend, and you can find the ticket on Eventbrite. Um, we're going to have, you know, just refreshments. Um, we're going to basically just chat. We're going to uh, fellowship, maybe, you know, share some tips with each other and eat. So come through to Curtis Hickson Park. That is on July 26th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And again, I'll put the link in the show notes, and then also you'll find it on my social media um, to reserve your spot. Second meetup is going to be on August 18th, and this is just going to be a social networking event. We're going to be meeting at American Social from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. So August 18th is on a Saturday, so also reserve your ticket for that, too. Um, that will be going up this week, the tickets on Eventbrite. So come through to that meetup and just meet, you know, purpose-driven like-minded individuals in the Tampa area and be a resource to others and let others be a resource to you and you know look I know you know on my last on my on my social media I didn't really promote so much of my last meetup but it was like phenomenal I actually made friends um from my last meetup and people connected with each other in the last meetup and they're still friends to this day and doing business with each other and it really did what it was supposed to do. So come through to the Planter Meetup. It's gonna be fun, and you are gonna get so much out of meeting people here in Tampa. So that's the first part of the news. So second part, and I know y'all gonna be like, "Oh my God, Dami, mean, why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this?" But trust me, it's it's all gonna work out. All right. So I have decided to put the Planter on Seasons, and. If you read my last newsletter, which I really suggest if you're not on the newsletter, um, it's so easy. Just put your name and your email on the website and you would get um, weekly, you know, support in your inbox every week. So in my last letter out to you guys, I was talking about basically that I was really close to ending the planter. I don't know. I was just really tired and just feeling like as much as I put in, I was not getting that in return. Um, I felt like I was just not reaping anything, but I was just continuously sowing into this platform. And I was just really tired, really, and frustrated. And I had, you know, put to rest everything. And it was just so interesting how the trips to Boston New York just came up at the right time. So, you know, I went on those trips, was able to reevaluate a little bit more, but I still came back and I was still frustrated. Like I don't really want to do this anymore. And I've you know, I've I've gotten a little bit more perspective and how I wanna operate these things. And one thing I realized is that I would like to focus on the podcast for a certain period of time and then also grow the community because as much as this plant this this platform is a podcast, it is also a community, an online community which I want to bring um, you know, not not just online, but I want people to actually meet. I want to do what is doing online in person. So I really want to focus on that as well and give people the tools and the resources to keep going in whatever they're doing, whatever God has called them to do. So as I learn, I want to continue to teach people um, and allow them to have access to resources in the physical, not just online. So, you know, I've decided that I'm going to do the podcast in three-month intervals. So we'll be on seasons every three months. So three months on, three months off, three months on, three months off. So you'll get episodes six months out of the year. But don't worry, it's not like I'm going to just hop off of the face of the earth. I will also have things going on in the months that I'm not, you know, doing the podcast. So you'll see different meetups, you'll see different workshops popping up. um, And my online presence is still going to be there. And then you can just binge on all the other episodes you need to listen to during, you know, before the seasons or um, during the season. So it all works out. I think it's better for me. Uh, I'm able to see, or I'm able to organize myself a little bit better. Um, You know, and I battled with this for a little bit. I was like, oh, I don't know, doing podcasts week or not weekly seems kind of lazy to me. That was my thought. But I think I just had to do what's better for me. And, you know, to be able to focus on all the things that I want to, I feel like I have to kind of separate them in a way and just do the best that I can um, with a certain time period and then move on to other things that I want to provide for you all because you know I have just different things that I want to do with the planter and I really really want to make this a very resourceful platform for everybody you know everybody that is benefiting from um, listening every week and being a part of it so I just think this is going to be better better for myself and then in turn better for you all as well so i'm gonna do like a countdown if you will or not like i am doing a countdown um so i'm probably gonna end just for a minute in august so this week or in in the next three episodes um i'm gonna close out um of this season if you will it's two year long season (laughs) I'll close out and then we'll, we'll, we will start again in um, October, September, October, well, probably October. Yeah. So we'll just start again there. And yeah, that's what I'm going to do. It's going to work out. Don't worry. There's so many more episodes to listen to in the meantime in those three months. So that is the end of my updates. If you guys have any questions, you know, you can email me at hello at theplanter.com. You can also find me on IG, send me a DM, comment under this podcast episode, what else? Um, I just wanted to let you guys obviously know how I was and what is going on and where I wanted to take the planter from this point on. So yeah, let's get into the episode. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about healing. Healing. So, if you are somebody who the doctor has given a diagnosis to, or you know your situation, especially in your health, isn't looking too promising, um, this episode is definitely for you. I believe this episode is going to show you that God is still in the works; He is still um, healing. I know in Western society, it always looks like you know, or it may look like. God doesn't heal like he did back in the day, back in the Bible, and that that stuff was in the past, but this episode is definitely a testimony to let you know that God is still in the business of healing and healing your body, healing you as a whole entire being. So this is your confirmation, you know, this is your encouragement that God does care for you. He cares about what's going on in your body and in just your world and that he wants to and and has the power to heal you so on this podcast episode i'm going to be speaking with my guest stacy smith she was in her first year of law school and discovered something strange on her left breast went to the doctors got some tests done and learned that she had cancer and i mean obviously that, that was a shock for her it was a shock for her family and going through the process of of healing um, after surgery, uh, you'll learn a little bit more about that in the podcast. She got some things from God to do that really kept her spirits up, was a testimony to other people, and they were all very encouraged and strengthened um, just by her. I mean, it is wild, y'all. Listening to this podcast, you can be like, he said, for you to do what? What he said for you to do? Girl, are you, are you serious? Like, it's, yeah. Uh, her faith really amazes me. Um, her joy and just her patience about everything really amazes me. And I'm just so appreciative that she t- took her time and decided to share her testimony because this is the first time that she's going to be sharing about her illness publicly. So, I mean, guys, I'm going to be linking her social media um, down below. Please, 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 please um, send her some messages of encouragement. Send her some thank yous after you've done listen to the podcast. Really show her some love um, for just being so bold and coming out here and just telling us her life. So I know that you are definitely going to enjoy this podcast episode. No doubt about it. You're going to enjoy it. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe. You can subscribe on um, Apple Podcasts. You can actually do it on your phone as you're listening right now. And yeah, write me a comment. Send me a DM. Let me know your thoughts on this episode. And yeah, leave a review. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I talking about? Y'all better leave a review. Don't play. You know what I'm saying? Leave a review to the, the podcast, okay? On Apple. That would really, really be helpful. All right. So the episode is going to start now. All right, everybody, thank you for coming back on the Fletcher podcast and tuning in um, to the podcast. And yeah, I would love to introduce you all to my guest, Stacey Smith. Hi, everybody. Hey Stacy, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, can't complain,
0: I'm resting. (laughs) You're resting, I feel you. Yeah, we were just talking about that earlier. I got my aromatherapy in the back, you out here in the sunroom, glowing. So Stacy, kind of tell us who you are and what you do.
1: So I'm actually an identical twin. Um, I'm one of five children. Currently, I'm a law school student. And I'm um, studying to practice family law with an interest um, in divorce, uh, also domestic violence and juvenile justice.
0: Awesome. We are going to be talking about you and how that or how you are a cancer survivor. Right. And the goal of this episode is really to or for people to see and understand that they are healed, that through another person's testimony that they can have the faith to know that they are healed and it not just even have to be in the sense of like a, an illness uh, a physical illness it can be in any type of area or any area that somebody needs healing in um, mental healing spiritual healing and all those things so the goal of this episode really is to encourage people that god is still in the business of healing he's still out here touching people and doing amazing things in people's lives, and people are alive to tell their testimonies. So tell us, how and when did you discover that you had cancer? So
1: in 2016, I had felt a lump in my breast, and at the time, it was tiny, and it wasn't of much concern, but I did actually go to the hospital for it one time because it felt like it had kind of like was coming out of my chest. I felt like it had a pulse. And a doctor told me that he thought it was a fibroid and that I was too young, I was 27. So he goes, no, it's a fibroid. And he gave me a regimen for ibuprofen um, over the next six days. And you know what, it shrank, it stopped aching. Um, I guess it wasn't inflamed anymore. So after that, I was accepted to law school and I went into law school and I had to have my yearly physical And it was during my physical that I told my doctor at the time that I felt the slump. And she felt it. And then she said, she was really concerned. She says, no, this is not normal. Um, Maybe if it was squishy, she goes, but it's hard. And I go, yeah, it grew bigger. From March until August, it got like really, really large. I would say it went from a dime to the size of a golf ball. And so she sent me up, you know, for the test, uh, imaging in some lab, blood works. And it was the week of my midterms for my first year of law school. And it was actually three weeks before my birthday. And uh, they called me in and she goes, do you have somebody to come with you for your results? And it never dawned on me. I was like, no, just tell me on the phone. She was like, no, we don't give results on the phone um, of any nature. You have to come in. So I was like, "Okay, well, let me just go ahead and see what she has to say. And she sat me down and I never forget. And she like looked me in my eyes, very compassionate. And she's like, well the results came back and it was uh, definitely malignant. I'm like, malignant, I know that means cancer. She was like, yeah, it's invasive septal carcinoma. And I just looked blankly, I didn't cry. And I'm like really kind of arrogant. I'm like, you sure that's me? No, there's a lot of Stacey Smiths and <laughs> you have me confused, I'm sure. She's like, no, this is you, your birthday, everything matches up. And I just remember being so angry. Like, I'm just going to be honest. I was swearing. And I'm like, this, is, this isn't this is real. Like, this isn't happening. This isn't me. And she's oh, just let it out. She's like, what you're doing or what you're going through is very common. I'm like, I'm not trying to hear that, miss. You don't understand. I, I'm a woman of God. I'm a woman of faith. Like, she's just looking at me. I'm like, you see, you don't even understand when, I, when I'm saying that. Like. <laughs> this is not supposed to happen to me. And so she calls in the nurse. And this is really like like small, older black woman. And she was like, come here, baby. Like, I'll be your punching bag. Of course, I'm not gonna put my hands on this older woman. But she's like, whatever you need, swear, hug me, kick anything, just, we won't hold you responsible. And she hugged me. And I just was telling her, like, I'm angry. Like, why would God do this to me? Like, and I really thought there were 10 people in my family who really deserved this but I didn't. And at the time I was very selfish. I'm thinking, no. Mm-mm. These 10 people are are they're not only sinners, they don't even care to be like repent for their sins. Some of them aren't even saved. Some of them just don't even care. They're just godless. Like how can you how can they just live their lives happy go lucky and I'm here and I'm infected and I'm diseased. And I remember like who who would I call? how would I deliver the message? So many people are counting on me. So many people are responsible, Like, are just really putting you know, their investment in my future. And I just thought, wow, this, this can't be true. And that night I went home and I put my sister, my twin sister on a three-way with my mother. And I called both of them. And my sister's in med school and she was actually telling me like, oh, I'm going to take my final exam tomorrow. And I never forget and I was like, Wow, well, I don't want to wait to tell you this, but I have to. And my mom was like, what is it? You got your results. What is it? I'm like, they said I have cancer. And then, of course, I started crying at that time. And my sister was like, no, I'm leaving school. I'm coming home. Whatever treatments, whatever thing, anything that's going to happen, I want to be a part of. She was like, I'm there. And my mom was like, are you sure? Did you get a second opinion? I'm like, no, but I will. But I'm pretty sure they're correct. So my sister, you know, we cried on the phone for hours. And I promised her, I said, "You I made mean, her promise to me. I said, don't leave school. I knew what it takes for you to get there. Like, she tried so hard to get in med school. She's there. I'm like, try not to be distracted with the news I tell you. And just, I just need you to continue. Take that final tomorrow. And then we'll talk about it. She was like, I'll do my best. But she's like, I'm not going to be able to focus. But. Just to give you the back end of it. She did get an A on that final. A.
0: <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um. Wow. Well, Stacey, thank you so much for giving us that backstory about you and really bringing us into such an intimate moment. Like, I don't, I can't even imagine how that would feel like. Like, especially a family member, like especially from your family's perspective. Like, I think about that sometimes and it's just like that's wild. Like, no, 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 no. And it's and and it and I appreciate your honesty and telling us how you felt. Like, God, I do this and that for you. Why would you allow this to happen to me? And that's a place that a lot of us find ourselves in anyways. Like, we feel that way, like, dang God, like I've been serving you. I've been doing this, I've been doing that. And you really out here have me looking either stupid or just in pain but i'm always i don't know it's 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 a very delicate place to be in but you didn't stay there
1: no that's absolutely
0: that's the most interesting thing like you didn't stay there so you found out you had cancer And now treatment is starting, right? So you've told me before, and I really want you to share with with everybody, like, you know, what were some key things that you felt that God was telling you through the process that you need to do?
1: So after my surgery in December, um, I would go right into treatments in January. And I just want to be clear that in this whole process between being diagnosed and starting treatments, I started reading my Bible more. Um, people in my church knew, um, I had my aunt that knew and my aunt, she had survived it. So she was telling me, this is when your faith is going to be tested. Like you really need to say and do everything God wants you to do, but you have to be obedient. You have to listen to him on your own. I can't tell you what he wants you to do. So I really started trying to get to a place where I can like develop my relationship with God. And it was important because my treatment started January 21st. So I'm home. It's December 18th. I just had my surgery on the 16th. And I'm just talking to God plainly. I'm like, God, make it plain for me. What is it that you need me to do? You didn't diagnose me to just allow me to die. Because he never told me that. He never said, oh, you know, prepare yourself. I know some people said they've heard that they have an end. I never heard that. He said, you will live through this. He told me that this will be your first and last occurrence. And he goes, trust me. This is what I need you to do. He told me to smile. He said, promise me you will smile the whole way through. Treatments, surgery, whatever, pains. you will smile. I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can manage that. And he was like, secondly, you won't complain. I'm like, wow. He said, don't complain and don't smile and and continue to smile. I'm like, okay, I, I can do this. I believe I can do this. And he goes, I promise you, I will bless you the whole way through. And when I tell you he blessed me, I kept a smile. I have all the pictures. My day of surgery, I have pictures. I was smiling in my room knowing that I was about to have this three hour surgery. When I got out of surgery, I smiled. My surgeon took a picture with me. When I went through my treatment, I smiled. And I even was going to school while receiving chemotherapy. And students didn't know what I was going through. And I was smiling, and that was the point. Not to let anybody know what you were going through, but to know that that there is a brightness inside of me that people need to see. And I did that, and God told me, don't tell anyone. He goes, I'll let you know when to tell. And my family really struggled with that because they wanted me to tell the whole family. And I'm like, that's not what God wanted me to do. He said, tell certain individuals, and that was it. And so the whole way through, uh, chemotherapy, um, again, my immediate family, my sister, my mother, both my brothers, my father, that's all who knew. It wasn't until I was done in June that my nieces and nephews knew, and then, like, my grandparents. And I will tell you this, I never had an infection the, the entire time of chemotherapy and radiation. I never was hospitalized. Um, I didn't, like, re- receive or go through any of the adverse side effects of chemotherapy like some people had a you can have a heart attack i knew somebody who personally i know who had a heart attack their first treatment Wow. and he was 26. wow so i i know people and i just thought wow i never went through what they went through and i kept my promise to god and i would say it was a covenant i made with him and he made with me And my doctors still to this day call me the poster child. They go, (laughs) you don't look like anybody we've ever known with cancer. You don't look like it. I'm like, yeah, I I know I don't. And every time I get checked, my labs and now my blood work comes back great, excellent. And I'm just very fortunate. But I also used to go to other churches and some people might not like that, but I did. I, I went to other churches and my spirit was fed I went to three different churches other than my home church during my treatments. And when I tell you they blessed me, these people didn't know me. They didn't know what I was going through. They were strangers. I mean, I had people lay hands on me. People just come up and tell me, wow, you have something inside of you, that's an anointing that you need to let out. I had people tell me, you're going to be someone and I'm not going to forget your face. And I'm thinking, you don't know me. Mm-hmm. But that, that was God's way of showing me that I'm still here with you. Mm. And I know that. He always showed me, I'm here with you. I never left you. Trust in the process. And it, I'm telling you, it humbled me because I'm a person who's big on, you know, beauty and being a baldy. It was, it was a Wait, intense. what's
0: a baldy? Like, bald?
1: Yes. Oh, you
0: been, oh I got you. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, is that a new term? Like, <laughs> 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 Wow. Okay. So, in my mind right I'm like okay wow God told you to smile like and such a simple thing but it's like what did you think when you heard that though like for real for real you heard you are supposed to smile how because in my mind I'm like how did you confirm that that was God telling you that like because to me if i was going through cancer and all god told me was a smile i would be like are you what's what's going on like <laughs> like i would have really been like nah this can't be it's just my mind like acting a fool how did you like confirm like okay god is definitely speaking to me because i know you said you went to the churches but also what other things kept happening that you're like okay yeah god speaking to me." I, so i
1: would receive certain signs um through people And I know that might sound weird, but so I would pray on something and fast on it for two days or three days. And when I tell you that third day that I finished my fast, someone would come in and say exactly what I was praying for. And I would be like, wait, I mean, my heart would drop and i go, wait a minute, I didn't discuss this with this person. I never text them. I never put it out there. That can only be from God. That's not a coincidence. It's no way that my aunt came in saying that I didn't need chemotherapy anymore. And I prayed on whether or not I should in early. She didn't know that she just was playing with her language and she goes, I was thinking about you and you really don't need it anymore. And I looked at her like, why would you say that? She was like, because you're such a strong person and God won't give you more than you can endure. And she goes, look at you, you didn't lose weight. You're healthy. Why would you need it anymore? And I said, thank you, God. That's the sign I was looking for. I was looking for an answer. And then when I went in to see my oncologist, I said, I know I'm supposed to complete another four more weeks, but I think I need to end early. And he looked at me and he was like, end early. I said, yeah, I don't need any more chemotherapy. And I know him. He was like, well, let me see. And he goes on his little computer looking at my results and he goes, you know what? You don't need any more. And I thought he was going to be resistant. I thought he was gonna fight me or argue me down or you know give me examples of you know patients that ended early and ended up either worse off, he didn't. He just was like, you know what, you're right. You don't need any more, you're fine. So from here on out, you're gonna go on a four to six week break and then you're gonna start radiation. And I just remember breaking down and I was crying. I was saying, thank you, God. Thank you for everything. Thank you just for just making doing your promises. You everything you told me, it really is coming to fruition. And it just gave me more excitement to look forward to, because I'm like, if this small thing I can do, what else is God going to do for me? And it showed me that it wasn't a punishment, because I know a lot of people are going through things and you can think, why am I being punished? Because I did. I thought, what is it that God is trying to, like, you know, chastise me for that was that bad? But it—it's you shouldn't look at it like that. You should look at it as as an actual as an agenda. What is it that he needs to get from me? What is it that I need to to let others see? Because it's not about me. It's about other people. And I'm telling you, having cancer has given me such a platform that I never imagined. And it sounds bad, but it's not a death
0: sentence. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound bad. It doesn't. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed when you said that. You're like, it sounds bad. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: No, it's fine. It is because I was there. No, let's be I was in that dark place. Yeah, I was, yeah, I could imagine. Yes, I was depressed. I, I missed classes for four days. Um, I blocked a lot of people's number. Um, I went off all social media. So I was no, I was depressed. Yeah. Again, I, I didn't stay there though. And I just kept thinking about again scripture. You know, what the devil meant for bad, got to turn around for good. Mm. Um, walk by faith, not by sight. And that's my favorite scripture. And I, I, I even wanted to get it tattooed on me. I didn't. But I was like, that's, <laughs> if that's my favorite scripture, right, and I'm telling you that's my life's motto, then I'm really in walking by faith. Yeah. Because I don't know what the end of the journey is. But right, I know, right. I know who, what's the song? I know who holds tomorrow. hmm and that's the truth. And I have to really rely on that. My life depends on it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. And that's how I continue my walk. Always fasting and praying before every doctor's appointment, before every blood drawn, um, before every anything, consultation, before talking to another patient. I mean, I've met people in chemo who are so hopeless. I mean, it would bring tears to me right now because these people had no hope. They're like, no. I'm not like you. I'm not as fortunate as you. And I go, what do you mean? No, they told me it spread. Or they say, young lady, you're you're blessed. This is my second time. And I'll go, wow, I, I didn't know, like, you know, the people around me, they had their their own circumstances. And that just goes to show you that, you know, you really shouldn't take everything for granted, even in sickness, because you still are, you could be blessed above others and you don't even know it. And I still keep in contact with people. And we look out for each other, sending holiday cards. And, and I'm talking about these people are 20 years older than me. Right. And some are 10 years younger than me. Wow. And we keep in contact. And I definitely try to uplift them, giving them a word, inviting them to a function that I'm giving. Anything. Anything. I just want them to know, like, listen, we can do this. We, we're survivors. I always say I'm a champion. That's my new thing now from Jacqueline Carr. I stole it. I'm a
0: champ. I don't know it, but I support it. (laughs) I support it. Um, you actually had a really interesting experience when I think either it was when you were getting surgery or when you were getting a consultation done in Boston where your you saw somebody who part of your school who was in your school in the same hustle as you. Talk to us about that. So let me tell you, God got a sense of humor. Sure does. So
1: yes, this is true. Before it was, so leading up to your surgery, you have to get like certain clearances. And this was the day before my surgery where they had to do the last markings on my body and pictures. And so I go in the waiting room and I mean, I thought I saw a ghost. It was literally the dean of my law school she is the head honcho you know the dean of my law school she looks at me she goes oh my god stacy what are you doing here i'm like i didn't even tell my school yet mm-hmm. so i'm like yes yeah. So i'm like wait what are you doing here what are we doing here ah! what are we doing? yes <laughs> <laughs> and my dean <laughs> she hugged me and uh she gave me a kiss she's like sit here sit here and she goes well, I'm here, she goes, my mother passed away from breast cancer, uh, my older sister passed away, she goes, it's, it's in my family, it's in our genetics, so I'm here because they're going to remove some, some lymph nodes from me and uh, test them to see if it's in my body. She goes, why are you here? So I go, I was just diagnosed with, with breast cancer, stage two, and I'm having surgery to remove my right breast, she goes, wow. She, was, she grabbed my hand. She was like, how do you feel? And I'm like, I'm feeling hopeful. She was like, that's the attitude to have. And I was like, I'm blessed because it could have been worse, the prognosis. She goes, yes. And she's like, look at you. She's like, look, at you. I love your attitude. She goes, if only everyone had that same spirit. And I told her, I said, do you believe in God? She goes, yes. Well, I'm Catholic, but yes. And I go, great. Because I don't believe we met on accident here. She goes, oh, me either. She goes, can I tell you, I've been doing this over 16 years as a dean, and I never have ever been in an appointment, dentist appointment, anything, not even a car maintenance with any of my students. And I'm like, wow. She goes, this truly is the first. I was like, yes, this is one for the books. And I told her, I said, well, I'm going to pray for you. And I prayed for her in that waiting area. She was like, so thank you so much. And they called her. And I said, I hope that
0: Whose dog is that? Why they... <laughs> oh, they got this dog out here? My goodness. It's okay. The show must go on. Please continue. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and after I prayed for her, um, she told me, of course, to come to her office and we'll make uh, any necessary changes to my schedule. And if I want to take a leave of absence. And at that time, I was like, no, I'm not taking a leave of absence. I'm, I can do this. I'm going to stay in school. And so she was like, okay. And uh, she was like, God bless you. I was like, yeah, God bless you. And I remember calling home and I go, oh my God, I just saw the dean of my law school in the waiting area. And my mom was like, really? I said, yeah, she's about to have a surgery as well. My mom was like, wow, there's nobody but God. She was like, well, I'm going to keep her lifted. I'm like, yeah, me too, mom. And I'm like, You know, we're going to talk later. My mom was like, wonderful, wonderful. My mom was like, look at that. She was like, would you even imagine going in there and seeing anybody from your school? Right. I'm like, no, not let alone her. Right, the dean. Jeez. Yeah.
0: That's wild. (laughs) Yeah, when you told me that, I was like, what? (laughs) Like, what? And how did that experience kind of transform your school experience? Because then you started kind of ministering to to students at your law school, right? Yes. Yeah,
1: so, so since that experience, um, again, here goes God, opening up, again, my world to people who I would have never been in contact with. But the dean contacted me, and it was her and another uh, professor, and they go, um, we would like for you to speak to uh, a few students. So I was told that they wanted me to get in contact with two students and kind, not only encouraged them, one of them they wanted to take a leave of absence, and then the other one they just needed someone to talk to um, this person because they were depressed. But one of them actually was diagnosed um, with cancer, and then another one she was in a car accident. Um, she suffered from a concussion, and she wasn't performing well in school, and she did not want to take a leave of absence. So they gave me their contact information, and they gave me their emails and phone numbers, and they asked me to speak to both of these students. And I thought, wow, like you guys trust me with other students? And they go, yeah, who better to talk to them but you? Look what you all that you've been through. You went through cancer, you went through chemo while in school, and then took your leave of absence, came back, and you've been doing nothing less but excelling. Mm. I was like, wow, thank you. Like, I felt very privileged.
0: But yeah, no, it's definitely a privilege to be able to be in somebody's space and for them to allow you to be there and to hear their stories and to even just offer some type of advice or whatever it is that they may need. It's it, it's, it's such a big responsibility and it's just such a joy to have that opportunity. So um, that's that's great. And the thing is, it's because you can relate. Yes. You can relate to somebody. Cause like I, I always say a lot, it's just so easy to tell people things when you've never been in their position before. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, just keep praying, you'll be fine. Oh, just do this and you'll be fine. But it's just like I've learned in, in this time that what you go through, yes, you you don't go you don't go through it for yourself, you go through it through other people. And then you can relate better to those people you can understand them better you can reach them more you know yeah. they can see the God in you more Yes, that's mm-hmm. really what it is so that's that's cool that's so cool like all of that happened and you know uh, what a blessing and you
1: know what it's so interesting you said that because that was like my biggest problem with people trying to tell me who never been through anything it's like just like you can't tell me anything you, you have never been through this. And then like, okay, you might've, um you know, gotten your arm surg- you know surgically, whatever. That's not the same. So it was kind of like people were trying to relate with me and I know they meant well, right. but it was like we had no attachments because what I've gone through is nothing that you will ever experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking like, what you got, it can be fixed, you know, one, two, three. What I got has to be monitored. You know, it has to be strategic. Like, and I definitely I have to put up all of my defenses,
0: and, and I have you to make lost sure something. Yes. So I mean, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but you removed your right breast. That's a big, big, big deal. You can't get that back. It is. That's huge. And it, it affected my uh, self esteem. Right. 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 I can imagine. So. But I am just so appreciative to have the opportunity to just really hear your story and, and understand where you where you've come from and what you've been through and where you are now. It's just it's just very interesting. It's just like, wow. like it's just another reminder that God is really working in the lives of people and healing is still existing because you know people will say, well, healing only existed back you know in Jesus' day. God isn't doing that anymore, but I think because we just don't hear the stories about it, yeah, we don't really see, you know, or not that we don't see, but you know, people don't talk about some of these things sometimes, or we just don't know where to look. And also, we're in mm-hmm. America. I feel like you know we we have a lot of technology and all and a lot of these things, so we're kind of bombarded with distractions. But it's like if you go yes. to another country or another place that's a little bit more calmer you hear a lot of these things happening like they happen it's just you know Mm we i guess just bringing it to our attention so for anybody who is like you know god is not working like he's not in the business of healing anymore i think this is a perfect testimony to that and just an encouragement just 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 keep going
1: yes never quit don't you can fall now you can fall you can get weak But you cannot quit.
0: Right, 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 right. What are three to five life lessons that you've learned during your journey?
1: So some of the lessons that I learned, and they're not in any order, but one lesson I learned is you're not to share everything with everyone. And... I really mean that. Um, I know that we always have people in our lives we can confide in. Like, we got our best girlfriend, you know, we could talk about our, our relationship issues with. And then we have, we might have a cousin who we could talk about finances with. But when you are going through something and it's serious, you cannot tell everyone because mistakenly, sometimes people will implode negativity on you. And it's not intentional. And what I mean is they'll tell you about, Oh well, my coworker's mom. Yeah, she's not here no more. She died. But, like, how does that help you? How does that encourage you? Or they'll tell you, yeah, like my boss. Yeah, I think my boss went through that, and um, yeah, it came back. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it's it's not deliberately trying to bring you down, but they have also kind of, you know, dark, you know, deep in your spirit. You're like, wow. Well, I didn't know you was gonna say that. So that's what I mean when God was telling me not to tell everyone. And I really was obedient. So I'm just spreading that message. That was one of the lessons. And that's just, you could take that with anything. Not everyone is going to be happy for you either. And everyone has a lot to say. They want to have their opinions. Trust me because family members were saying, why would you stop chemotherapy early? You're trying to end your life early. No, I'm not. I'm trying to extend my life. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to do. So that's one of the lessons. Um, another lesson that I learned was, um, when God talks to you, move. And I used to be a person that'd be like, all right, I'm going to do it tomorrow or when I feel comfortable. No, if he's telling you to go up to this stranger and pray for them, do it. If he's telling you to apply to this job that you have no qualifications for, do it. If he's telling you to go ahead and start that business, do it. He's not going to set you up to fail. He's not that cruel. He's not going to bring you that far to just leave you. And so I learned to really, really put my trust in God and that respect and doing what he needs me to do when he needs me to do it. Not when I feel like doing it. Because if I felt like doing it, it wouldn't get done. Because, <laughs> <Right. laughs> you know, we'd be in our feelings. You'd be like, oh, really? I just got in really lord can i just take a shower first can i you know and that's not what he wants so um thirdly a life lesson that i learned was to just again never quit and i mean this never ever quit complete whatever it is don't quit it even when you have your your husband your wife you could have your pastor because i'm telling you right now my 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 pastor my home pastor he even discouraged me when i told him and he's a cancer survivor he, he discouraged me in a sense where he said that he thought that I should follow everything the doctors say. And I was like, really? He always he said, no, he always said everything. Pray, take it from me, um, change your eating, take it from me. But they mean well. Trust me, these doctors know what they're doing. And I kind of was like, well, what the doctors are doing and what God is doing are two different things. And I'm going to listen to God because he's the only one who really has the power of life and death. And I really, I stood, I stood firm on that. I stood firm on that. I would not budge. I'm like, no, God, I kept telling myself he's the alpha and omega. He's the author and finisher of my faith. Only he can really be the one to make the choices in my life that determine whether or not I want to see the next 10 years. No man can do that. So, and lastly, um, it's okay to talk to other people, seek other options explore unconventional things. I know too, like in America, um, we're very um, aggressive with making sure that everyone follows this regimen or this structure when that structure or regimen may not work for everyone. And I really believe that's what makes me different. And other people can maybe testify as well, like every cancer patient, every heart patient, every diabetes patient, they're not all the same. So just because your research might show that it worked for 80 percent of these people, I'm a part of that 20 percent. What that treatment is not going to work for me because that's not what God wants for me. He wants me to trust in him. And to this day, um, I'm not on any medical uh, therapies. Now, technically, by science standard, I'm supposed to be on a hormone therapy for the next five years. But God told me, no, not to do it. And my doctor got very upset at me. And I'm not going to give you my doctor's name because some people was like, I want his name. <laughs> but I have to be honest, he was very um, rude, unprofessional. He told me, why? his words were, why would I allow my intellect to make me stupid? He goes, you will be the first patient in my whole caseload that will never go through a hormone therapy. And I said, well, if you can't understand that, then I'm going to get me another doctor but i told him you can't you don't know what god has for me and you may never know but i'm going to believe in god because he didn't re- he got me this far already i ended chemotherapy early radiation early i went to school i bust out the semester with all Bs like there's nothing you can tell me when i have proof and he was like no i want you to think about it cuz the next time i see you i'm going to prescribe something for you and i told him no i'm not no, I'm not. If I didn't hear from God, it's not going to happen. And some people were just like, wow, you're really brave. I'm like, listen, he said, we got to take a leap of faith. He said, faith of a mustard seed. I have to believe in that. And I have. And it, to this point, I just had my checkup two Wednesdays ago. And my doctor said, "There's, we don't see any signs of recurrence. My doctor said, from everything that we tested you for, you came back negative. And I'm telling you guys, I almost had to do the Holy Ghost dance up in that doctor's room. <laughs> like I was, that's the—that's how excited I was because I knew that once again, God showed up for me. Right. Because some people after you're, I'm not even a year out. My year is really October 15th when I was diagnosed. So when I did get that, when I actually get that year, I'm going to be like acting
0: a fool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think you your faith to me is just so it's 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 remarkable I won't lie I don't know if I could have done that I'm not going to lie to you I'm not going to sit here and be like yes I'm sitting here like wow your faith and your your assurance that you're like this is what God said for me and disclaimer this is like you know not everybody out here got to tell them to hop off, off everything, off off your chemo right. and whatnot. This is right. her story before they come okay. out here and talk about the plan to come in and said, nah, no, <laughs> we did not. Okay. So I don't know. It's just I'm sitting here and I'm going to be honest. I'm like, ha- like your faith is just it's just so big. And I, it's, I have so many questions like, how did you develop such a A keen ear for god to know that god said this to you and just girl it's just it's just amazing really
1: thank you thank you it it definitely didn't happen overnight you know that
0: i don't somebody may think it did though but i Mm -hmm. I, you know i'm just saying (laughs) i'm just saying but it's just such a beautiful story to hear so thank you for that. Thank you for your life lessons. They're awesome life lessons, especially, like, the move when God tells you to. I think that's, like, my biggest, like, life lesson at this at this season. Okay. Just to move, man. Purpose isn't found in your mind. It's found by doing. And yes. And you have to take action. Like, the faith that works things is real. If you feel yes. like I told you something, just go pray as you do. Yes. Pray as you do. Or Stephen Furtick says, pray as you push. I'm reading his book right now, Sun Stands Still. It's nice. Great. It's absolutely so good. But yeah, so I, I definitely agree with everything that you're saying. And then I also have another question. Okay. How do you think <laughs> that God will use your law degree? Because you didn't plan on being a lawyer. I know this is kind of like going another direction, but I'm mm-hmm. really curious
1: um, I'm gonna have to ask God that question as well. Because All right. That's so so funny. That's a good question though. But honestly, I always wanted to be in law enforcement, and I everyone knows this. I was really into being um, secret service because they traveled a lot, mm-hmm. or the you know the FBI. I wanted to be in something like prestigious as that with law enforcement. Not not to discredit any state troopers or, or our local officers because they do a great job, but I wanted to be on a national level. So before law school and also before law school, I had a good job. I was I'm I was an adjunct professor at Rowan University, which is a huge school around here in South Jersey. And I was coming up on my third year where we get a, a pay increase. We get more, you know, options and classes we, you know, we teach. So I was very comfortable, okay? Just to let people know that. And God was like, No, you need to go to law school. And I'm like, God mm-mm, nope no mm-mm, God law school no mm god I did I already have a master's degree, so I've been through six years of schooling post high school you sure and I did I applied um I applied to about ten schools and I got into my top three ooh, so oh, I was maybe. happy, yeah, and where I'm at now is actually my number one school so I said, well God, you' know. <laughs> thank you i appreciate you <laughs> you, know. <That's laughs> you know so, so cool. this isn't as uh outrageous as it seems and he put it on my heart and i've been there and i i know now that well one i wouldn't have the support i had if i was anywhere else two i wouldn't have had the team i had when i was diagnosed so everything kind of came full circle but with my law degree he just keep putting in my heart, um, juveniles, family, uh, something dealing with families, keeping them together, making sure um, people aren't abused, making sure people are heard. Because kids are really the most oppressed group in this, uh, in this country. They really don't have a voice. Um, making sure kids have an alternative. Making sure they don't all have to go to jail until they're adults. Maybe they can get some type of diversion program. I I did used to do probation, and let me tell you, I did not like it. It was kind of like being a babysitter for adults. And I also, I saw no real change. So to be on the other other end of it gives me a better advantage. I feel as though being a lawyer, I have more of a a stake in where people will end up versus just giving recommendations, because that's all you do as a probation officer when you go to court, you just give recommendations. So, and I'm hoping that God reveals to me exactly where he wants me to be in my practice. I don't know if he wants me to come back to New Jersey, stay in Boston, go to California. I don't know. But I know that whatever he has in store for me is is something that was designed just for me. And it's part of his will for me. And that's enough alone to keep me going, mm. honestly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He doesn't make any mistakes, by the way. So,
0: true 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 i'm saying true for my life true 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 <laughs> true 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 true, true. <laughs> keep saying true, it true true right right <laughs> um, if you had one oh let me start that again if you had one seed to plant what would it be
1: One, one seed to plant, what would it be?
0: It can be a life lesson you live by or some information you feel like everybody needs to know. It can be whatever you want. It, you just want to lay this one seed in the earth that you want it to grow. Know when to
1: surrender. Ooh. Ooh, I like this. Go ahead. And that's a big one for me because, first of all, I'm type A personality. So I'm that person in school, always getting all A's, got to be the top of everything, overachiever. I want to be the first to be able to tell you the information. And when you surrender, not only does it teach you humility, it lets you know you're not in control. And that's a big one for me. I mean, it even affected my relationships. Because guys would tell me, you, you're you too controlling. And at the time, I'm thinking, no, I'm not. I just know what I want. That's a lie that we tell ourselves. And we had to stop doing it. And when I mean surrender, I really mean surrender. That means you have to let go of it all. And that's still hard. Again, that's something that I'm still dealing with. But I think I'm in a better place than I was two years ago. So if I could plant the seed, it would be to surrender. And that means that that goes far. That means allowing other people to help me because I have a lot of pride and pride is a sin. And that's a big deal for me. I will not allow people to help me because I I know I can do it. But just because you know you can do it doesn't mean someone else can't do it for you. So when you surrender, you surrender everything, (laughs) letting people help you. Um, letting people do things for you because we will do things for others in a heartbeat but we're skeptical of allow other people to allow us we will do things for us just everything just allowing people to just know that all right she's going to take care of that she gave me her word I have to trust that she will and I'm not going to stress because I was big on that. stressing whether or not someone is going to do what they told me they were going to do and again surrendering is also of course surrendering to God allowing God to know that listen God you you really do have all control from here on out this is your car I'm just a passenger so and I know that we're not gonna we're not going to stop and I I really have to just again believe in that knowing that God will not steer me in the wrong direction Now let people know that doesn't mean it's all peaches and cream. people get mistaken. that doesn't mean that it's all you know flowers and rainbows no no. You're still going to get the rain. You're still going to get, I always say the lightning, the thunderstorms. You're going to get that. It's not going to be an easy road, but you will keep driving. Again, that's like my little metaphor. You're going to continue to go. Whatever destination he has for you, you will end up there no matter the course, as long as you surrender. You have to let go. And again, also, that also means forgiveness. So, and that was big for me. And, and and this is something that I'm still doing right now. I'm about to set up a family meeting with my family um, right before I go back for my next year of law school. And I'm just telling you this, they, 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 honestly, they haven't heard this, but I need to forgive certain family members openly. And that's a part of my healing. And I have to in order to move forward. <laughs>
0: wow, that's a lot of courage. Yeah, that is a lot of courage, but it's like you're right. You got to do certain things to set yourself free. Yes, it, you that's know. the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I commend you, and I love that seed that you just planted. I think that's so true for a lot of us, um, especially us women too. Yes. Um, like, to just <laughs> relax, girl. Like calm down. <laughs> Let somebody help you. Yes. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And are there any resources that you'd recommend? Any books, podcasts, apps, etc.
1: Oh God. I, I was so I try not to be overwhelmed by too many things, but um when I was going through, I used to watch, I used to watch Joe Alsting. Now, I can't, I don't see, I don't know what this was this day, but whatever it was, it came on a certain channel on TV. And it was the same time, every time I had chemo between 11 and 4, it was on. But it was very encouraging. Um, secondly, I did read, I've read a few books. Um, her name is Ann, Annie Brandon, Brand, well, Brandt, well, B R A N D T but she is a cancer survivor of over 15 years and she'd had like several cancers at one time. Yes, (laughs) I know. And she defied all medical history. She cured herself when they told her she had months to live. And that was 15 years ago. And I'm reading her book and she's a woman of faith, strong faith. And she talks about how it's really a healing of the soul before it can become a healing of the body. Mm. And yeah, it's a, it's a great book. I mean, I would recommend it to anyone, but let me tell you, if you read this book, get you some tissues because this she makes you go to a place in your own self and it gets you to crying, but it's a part of the process.
0: And, and what's the name of the book?
1: Um, I can't remember. anything you just tell me later yeah but her name is annie a-n-n-i-e brandt Mm w-b-r-a-n-d-t yeah and i also um i'm subscribed to a youtube group on youtube series called the truth about cancer um oh yes and of course last but not least i um i tuned into uh sarah Sarah uh, Jakes Roberts. <laughs> of
0: course you do. Course. Who on this world doesn't?
1: Yes. <laughs> she. Crazy. Uh, she lifts me up so much. So you listen to One Church up. LA? Yes.
0: That's my spot, man. I yes. love this. Oh my them, gosh. I love them. The come up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yup. Like yep. it was all me. <laughs> And once you get to shrilling, Jesus, I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Feel that in my yeah. spirit. <laughs> but, yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to um, put those in the show notes so you guys can check out those details at the end of the episode or when you just scroll down. You know? You know, you know? Well, Stacy, this was fun. I am so grateful for you. For coming on and sharing with us and just man just really taking us there and just the encouragement um that you've given us so thank you
1: you're welcome i i thank you for allowing god to use you in this type of space so that you know people can know in a kingdom that you you know don't give up that there are people out here and you share with me like this wasn't really your path but you're still allowing god to use you so i thank you for giving me this opportunity to have someone where i can share this and it not be exploited yeah thank you. i really appreciate it yeah
0: thank you thank you thank you well all right guys so that is the end of the episode Thank you for listening. So many thank yous today. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And I will speak to you all next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Planter Podcast. If you are absolutely loving the content that The Planter is creating, well, go ahead and subscribe to The Planter on iTunes. For more updates and staying connected with me, you can also subscribe to The Planter at theplanter.com. So that's T-H-E-P-L-A-N-N-T-E-R.com. To become a part of our community, you can find us on Facebook at The Planter Community to stay connected with like-minded individuals who are trying to grow just like you. And you can find The Planter on all social media handles at The Planter. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll speak to you in the next episode.